Well, we want to welcome everyone to Murrayville Baptist Church, and I want to say to every one of you, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. What a wonderful day it is to celebrate the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Looking forward to what God's going to do in all of our hearts today. Let's all stand. We want to open the service in prayer. Brother Gene May, would you open us in a word of prayer this morning? Yes. Oh, God. Amen. All right, let's remain standing. Page 201. Was going to have a choir. If more choir members come in, we'll try to do one. But as of right now, we're not going to try it. Story of Jesus, right on my heart, every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell how the angels in chorus sang as they welcome his. Story so tender, 
that ever was heard. You may be seated, page 408.
do one more. Let's all stand again. Page 113. My Savior died. Nowhere from cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart was the blood of life. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. There to my heart was the blood say amen. Uh, no, I'm not going to let you buy with that on a Christmas day. If you're glad that you're in the house of God this morning, say amen. 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 Good to see all of you this morning. Let me make some quick announcements. We'll get on with our service. Um, 
There's something I want to do special this morning. My wife pointed this out to me this morning. We've got a birthday Christmas Eve boy in the house this morning, Brother Robert. His birthday was yesterday. He's a Christmas Eve baby. I want him to stand, Brother Keith, and we're going to sing happy birthday to him. How old are you, Brother Robert? Eighty-seven years old. One of the meekest men I've ever met in my life. And he comes in, he sits, goes through a certain walks out the same way. And we love you, Brother Robert, and want you to know that. Let's all sing happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Amen. Brother Chris, I want to show those slides. Okay. All right. Uh, it is good to have Brother Derek and his family in with us this morning. One of our own, and he's going to be preaching for us in just a minute. Brother Derek, you come on and make your way to the pulpit. And... Uh, I do want to say Merry Christmas to every one of you. Remember this evening, we will not be having Christmas evening services. Uh, give you time to spend with your family and enjoy the Christmas day uh, together as family. And all those good foods that I know y'all going to be eating. Amen. Amen. Um, I did want to make this announcement. Uh, next Sunday... I had made mention that we would not be having Sunday school, but we will be. Next Sunday morning is New Year's Day. We will be having Sunday school, morning service, and evening service. And uh, at the end of the evening service, we're all going to go over there and have a chili cook-off. And I understand that the Haynes feud is, is raging pretty well already. And... Uh, Brother Joe last time walked in this building with his crock pot and he said this is the winning crock pot of chili and his brother won it. And uh, so that feud has been raging ever since and we're going to have our chili cook off next Sunday night after service. And so you remember these things and plan on these things. Amen.
that song she just sang up on the, on the screen for me. I'd never really noticed or paid attention to that second stanza. It says, why lies he, Jesus, in such mean estate where ox and mule are feeding? Whenever they laid Jesus Christ in that manger, that was a feeding trough. That was not some pleasant place for him to be, but the, the Son of God was laid in that feeding trough and he came into the world in Bethlehem, which means house of bread, which he, he said himself, I am the bread of life. And we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ to give us life and life more abundantly. And I'm so thankful to be saved by the grace of God. Not only, not only was Bethlehem a called the house of bread it was also a place where the sheep which would be sacrificed in the temple were raised and nurtured and and cared for and watched over and they would carry those sheep out of bethlehem once they had been uh, looked at by the high priest they would carry them into jerusalem for sacrifice and jesus was born to be our sacrifice on the cross of calvary and thank God he did come to die for every one of us. Let me say this. If you're here this morning and never been saved, today would be a, the perfect day for you to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I just needed to say all that this morning. At the end of the service, we are going to be observing the Lord's Supper. And I'm going to explain a little bit of that uh, right prior to us observing it. But it is good to have Brother Derek Howard uh, one of our own with us this morning. I want you to pray for Brother Derek and pray for Miss Tabitha. She's uh, going to enter into the the uh, office of pastor's wife again come the first of next year. Uh, they'll be pastoring at the Talmo Baptist Church and uh, he'll be the newly appointed pastor there. So you pray for Brother Derek and all of his family. Uh, you got those pictures ready, brother? I want to show you something. Uh, let me prelude it by saying this. Uh, a couple of Sundays ago, we presented to our church a, a need in our community. And uh, it was a need of a family whose home was burned out. And, uh, and with the burning of that home, they had to move. If I'm getting all of this story correct, they had to move into a, a piece of a home that was on the property. The home was uh, very run down, but the, the entire family moved into that home. And uh, so we took it upon ourselves as the, as the church body here to raise an offering for them. And uh, so we did, and, and in one week's time, we took up over $3,600 in cash money for them. Sister Tammy Haynes went out and she purchased a, a, I mean, a huge quantity of, of clothing. There's five children, if I'm, if, am I telling this right? There's five children, a mom and a dad all living in that. that and you're going to see pictures in just a moment of that little shack. And uh, we went out there yesterday. A group of us did. We went out there. And we took all these gifts to them that, that you provided through your giving. And we provided, we presented that to them. And we had enough money left over 
oh, about $850, correct? About $850 left over, and we're going to be paying their, their electric bill each month out of that money and also buying them more fuel to, uh, to furnish their, their heating. And they didn't even have any way to heat until the Lord just touched some pe people's hearts in our church. They went and bought heaters and put in there and uh, didn't even, the, the propane truck couldn't even get up the lane to, to deliver propane to them. But we, all of that's possible now. They have propane, they have the heaters. And we, when we went there yesterday, the home was, was toasty. And, uh, and uh, I'm going to show you these pictures. Uh, these are some of the clothes that, that we bought or you bought for them. Show us another one, brother. And uh, we bought mainly clothing for them and then a, a little toy, a little gift for each one of those children. One of those children, what's his name, Sister Jessica? Andrew, he's autistic, is that what it is? He's very autistic. And uh, how old is he? 13 years old. And his aunt and her husband, right? His mom and dad, okay. Uh, he lives with it. okay, that one is theirs, all right. But they've got five children, and some of those are foster children from among their immediate family. And uh, the, the autistic child isn't able to do anything for himself, and his mother and dad have to tend to him. These, that's the one on the right, that's the autistic boy, and then uh, two of the other children. And this is the home that they live in. When we drove up there, there were black plastic bags over the window openings that they just covered the window over. This is the inside of the home. We took all of that, that too. And uh, it was a blessing to be able to walk in there and give that to them and, uh, and let them know that there was a church body of people that cared for them and was thinking about them this time of year. That's the mama right there. What's her name? Tina. That's Tina. And the children, all of the children together from another picture. But that's just the clothing and the toys that we were able to purchase for this family and give to them yesterday. And I want to say from the depths of my heart, thank every one of you that gave and was a part of this effort and we appreciate it from the depths of our heart and I know they do and we're talking to them now about getting them to church and and being a part here and so you pray for this family the McDuffie family that God would continue blessing them and uh, and uh, again thank you thank you so much for what you did brother Derek how would you come preach to us on brother good well let me commend you first of all Merville, for your good work uh, for that family it is good to see the church being the church amen the church being the church you know a lot of people want to uh, talk about relevance these days and that's the buzzword in the christian community are we relevant and uh you know a lot of people want to associate that word with style uh, is your music relevant? Is your preaching relevant? Are your methods relevant? Well, can I tell you, that's not 
that style has nothing to do with relevance. What, has, what relevance is, is would this community care if your door is closed? And I'll tell you, that family right there would care if the doors of Merville Baptist Church closed down. Amen? And that makes you relevant. So uh, I commend you and applaud you for what you've done, being the hands and feet of Jesus. And I know that that family is blessed because of you guys. Well, good morning. And let me also say Merry Christmas. I mean, come on, y'all. It's, it's Jesus' birthday. Merry Christmas. Come on. Isn't it cool that we get to come to the house of God on Christmas Day? I, I was a little concerned with all the churches that seemed like they didn't know what to do about today. Whether they're supposed to have church or whether they're not. I said, come on, guys. It is Jesus' birthday. There is no better place to be than right here in the house of God. Amen. So it's good to see this good crowd here this morning. And I'm sure you would expect, because it is Christmas Day, for me to read out of the traditional place in Scripture for a day like today, Luke chapter number 2, which is where we would normally find their traditional Christmas story. Amen? But can I remind you this morning that Luke chapter number 2 is not the only place where you can find the Christmas story. As a matter of fact, the Christmas story is told all throughout the Scriptures from beginning to end. The first Christmas story, the first person to tell us the Christmas story was Moses in Genesis chapter number 3. You remember in Genesis 3.15 where he wrote about that seed that would be born of a woman that would come and, and would bruise the head of our enemy, Satan himself. Amen? He was talking about Jesus, the first coming, the first advent of Christ. That was the first telling of the Christmas story. Isaiah tells us, the Christmas story as well in Isaiah chapter number 9, where he talks about that, that son that would be given, that child that would be born, that would be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You remember that passage of Scripture? Say amen. That's the Christmas story. Even Jeremiah in Jeremiah 23 tells us about that righteous branch that will be raised up or will be born from the lineage or the throne of David. And we know that's where Jesus came from. Micah tells us about that little town of Bethlehem where the Christ will be born. When you turn the page from Old Testament to New Testament, Matthew tells us the Christmas story. Of course, Luke tells us the Christmas story. And even the Apostle Paul has his own version of the Christmas story. Did y'all know that? And that's what I want us to focus on this morning. I want to preach a message to you entitled just that, Paul's version of the Christmas story out of Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and turn there. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. And when you find your place, would you stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word together. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5 today. Word of God says this, it says... But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for this glorious day, and we just want to say to Jesus, our Savior, Happy Birthday. God, we've gathered in His name, to worship Him, to exalt Him, to, to 
Allow Him to be supreme, not only in this place, but also in our hearts. And I pray, Father, that what is done in this place is pleasing in Your sight, that as Your Word goes forth into the hearts of these people, that it would stir their spirits, God, and that it would just overjoy us to be here today. God, have Your will and way in this place. We ask it in Christ's name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing today. Again, we're talking about Paul's version of the Christmas story. Paul's version of the Christmas story. Now, it's, it's not as long as Luke's version. It doesn't have all the details that Luke lays out for us about all the, the angels and all that was said and all the, all the minor details. It doesn't have that, but yet it still does not leave out the main idea of Christmas, does it? It still doesn't leave out the fact that God, in His immeasurable love for you and me, sent forth His Son, Jesus Christ. And when we break this passage down, what we see is, we see this wonderful unfolding of God's redemptive plan for all mankind. And I want to walk through this passage with you this morning as briefly as I can. I can't afford for Brother Terry to fall asleep on me this morning, okay? So as briefly as we can, I want to walk through this passage. And and, and the first thing I want you to to see here is what Paul says in verse 4. He says, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son. When the fullness of time. What did Paul mean by the fullness of time? Well, here's what I think he meant. I think he meant when the time was right. Amen? When, when, When... When things were right, when the time was appointed, when when God had all that needed to be done, done, and He determined that it was the right time. That's the fullness of time. When the old covenant had run its course, when when the, the law of God had successfully revealed the sinfulness of man, and and when all prophecy that was needed and necessary had already been told. That's when God decided to send forth His Son. It was a time when Rome ruled the world. And that's important because never before had the, had the world been organized and structured in such a way that the gospel, once it was delivered, could have traveled so far and so fast. Now, don't get me wrong, human civilization had been around for thousands of years But never before, under the rule of the Roman Empire, had the world been staged for the gospel to spread. The Israelites, God's chosen people, had already been scattered all throughout the known world at that time through the captivities. And and, and they were positioned perfectly, knowing the scriptures, knowing the prophecy, knowing the Torah, that they could become catalysts for the gospel once Messiah was fully revealed. It was a time of a corrupt government that God would use under the Roman Empire to to call for a tax that would drive Joseph and Mary into that prophesied little town of Bethlehem. But also a corrupt government that would not only just reject Jesus as Messiah, but would nail Him to a cross. Amen? That would crucify Him at Calvary. Church, Jesus came At the exact time, exactly when and exactly how God had planned it. You want to know why? 
Because God is an exact God. And His timing is perfect. How many of you believe that this morning? Say amen. Do you truly believe that in your heart? Do you truly believe that Jesus came, that God in the fullness of time, at the right time, when it was necessary, when it was purposed, and when it was planned, that He came exactly when and exactly how God had planned it? Do you believe that this morning? Because it's one thing to amen it, but it's another thing to believe it as you live it. Amen? Because we need to, as God's people, we need to rest in that truth this morning. We need to rest in the truth of the God that we serve and the God that we worship. We need to rest in the fact that He's perfect and that His ways are perfect and that His timing is perfect, not just in the sending of His Son, Jesus Christ, but in all things. Amen? As God's people, knowing this truth and believing it in our hearts, we've, we've got to stop getting so worried about the events that are unfolding in the world because God's ways and God's timing is perfect. As God's people, we've got to stop fretting so much and getting so angry and so hateful over the events that are unfolding in Washington, D.C. Why? Because God's timing and God's plan is perfect. And even in your own individual lives, you've got to stop wringing your hands about the things that you're still waiting for that haven't come for you yet. You've got to stop wringing your hands about the things that you're walking through, that you have walked through. Why? Because God's timing and God's plan for your life is perfect. And you need to believe that this morning. I don't know what you've been walking through. I don't know what you're still waiting on from God. I don't know what you're praying fervently for. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you that just because you don't have it yet or just because you're having to walk through it now doesn't mean it's bad or against God's will because God's timing is perfect. Amen? Trust in that today. Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes 3.1. He said, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. And you know who determines all those things? Our God. Our God. So I want to encourage your hearts this morning. I want to encourage you to trust in Him. I want to encourage you to trust in His plan for your life. Trust in His timing for your future. Trust in Jesus today, because when the fullness of time will come for you, just as it did in the sending of Jesus, God will act. And when God acts, you can trust it. Amen? You can trust it. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. That's what He did, but how is what we see next. Then Paul tells us exactly how God sent forth His Son. Listen to it again. Made of a woman, made under the law. Made of a woman, made under the law. Now, church, this is important. This is a very important part of this text, that, that Jesus Christ was made of a woman and made under the law because it speaks plainly to His humanity. Jesus was a, a real man. You believe that? Say amen. Jesus walked this earth. 
It is a historical record that a man named Jesus from Nazareth, who was born in Bethlehem, walked in human flesh just like you and I did. That's important for us to understand. And we all know the Christmas story. We do know what Luke tells us in chapter number 2. We know how that an angel visited Mary and, and in that told Mary that she would conceive and bear a child and how Mary questioned that because she had never known a man before but ultimately believed by faith. And by her faith, she conceived. That the Holy Ghost of God overshadowed her and she conceived and bore a child and called his name Jesus. Amen? We know that. And we know how that story tells us of the deity of Jesus Christ. We, we, we t it tells us of how he truly is God manifest in the flesh. No other person in the world can claim a virgin birth. No other person in the world can claim sonship to God as Lord of all creation. Nobody can do that. He is God. Amen? But he was also man. 100% God, but also 100% man. And that's important for us to understand. No one can claim the supremacy of Christ. And that makes Him unlike us. But what makes Him just like us is that He was born of a woman and subjected to the same law of God as you and I are. It's important for you to know that. You see, the big issue that we all face, and, I, and you know this, you sit under good sound preaching, but let me just remind you that the issue that we all face is there is this threshold that we cannot walk through. There is this threshold that holds us back. The holy standard of God stands before us and we cannot measure up. It serves as that gap between us and God. And our sin prevents us from walking through. The law of God was given as a standard of holiness. But the problem is there's never been a man in the flesh able to attain what the law demands. So if there's never a man that has been able to, and if there's never a man today that can, and if there's never going to be a man in the future that ever will, the only thing God had left to do was to come and do it himself. Come in the flesh to rob himself of the glory that he had up in heaven and robe himself in human flesh and walk this earth just like you and I, born of a woman, subject himself to the same holy standard that he subjects us to and to live a perfect life, to demolish that threshold so that we could be reconciled to God. Amen? God came in the flesh. Not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Because you and I could not. Amen. Matthew 5, 17, Jesus said this. He says, think not that I came to destroy the law. I came not to destroy, but to fulfill. Jesus Christ came to do for you and I what we could not do for ourselves. And I want you to listen carefully. If you want to turn with me, Romans 8, verses 3 and 4. Romans 8, 3 and 4. As a matter of fact, go ahead and turn in your Bibles. I would like for you to see this for yourself. Give me a chance to take a sip of water anyway. Romans chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. Listen to what the Word of God says. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son 
How? In the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin did what? He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in who? In us. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all. That Jesus Christ came. Not just as a display, some cosmic display of entertainment. God was not just showing off in front of the angels when he sent his son. No, he was gearing up to, to purchase our freedom. He was gearing up to give us the righteousness that we could not attain for ourselves. To roll out his remarkable redemptive plan for you and I. That's what God was doing in sending his son, Jesus Christ. To purchase our freedom. To exchange the life of his own son. For our advantage. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. To you all. God sent Jesus into the world. So that we may receive the undeserved privilege. To be redeemed. And even adopted. Into the family of God. Because when the fullness of time came, God sent forth His Son. Made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Whew. Hey, this may not be good English. But can I just say, God can't get any gooder than that. Amen? What an amazing display of His love for us. That he would be so willing to send forth his only begotten son. That we may believe on him by faith. And in believing by faith, it may be counted as righteousness unto us. That no longer we would be held under the power or the penalty of our sin. But we would be adopted. That we would be invited in as a son and a daughter. That we would be able to stand in the presence of a holy God as sinful man. And still be accepted. What an amazing display of love. What, what, what amazing grace God has bestowed upon us all this morning. Amen? To adopt us. You may think highly of yourself. But I know who I am. And I know what I've been through and I know what I've done and I know how I don't measure up. And for me to understand that God would count Christ's righteousness to my account. And that he would accept me in his presence. Boy. That's. That's amazing. That's incredible to me. That he would be willing to not only accept me. But to use my life in some way for his glory. Man. What an amazing gift this Christmas that we have all received. And it's all because. Jesus Christ. Was born of a virgin. Wrapped in swaddling clothes. Laid in a manger. Who grew up to live a sinful, a sinless life, excuse me. A sinless life. And lay his life down voluntarily. As a sacrifice for your sins. We're about to take the Lord's Supper. 
And I know this is Christmas and this is Jesus' birthday and it's about the birth of Christ, the first coming. But we're about to also memorialize and remember why. The why behind His coming. To redeem us who were under the law that we might receive the adoptions of sons. Church, I don't know where your hearts are this morning. This is a joyous day. This is a joyous day. This is a day to celebrate. When we understand this important truth of Christmas, listen, I love presents. I love watching my kids open presents. I love the fact that uh, Santa brought Justin and Charlie leaf blowers for Christmas because now I get a lot of help in the yard. I love that. But the most joyous thing of all is to know the most important truth that God sent His Son for you and me. That we could be saved. He gave Him up for you. Crucified Him for you. Shed His blood on an old rugged cross so that you could be called a son and a daughter of God. That's the most important truth. The best gift of all is Jesus Christ. Which makes the most important question of all Have you received this gift for yourself? Have you received that gift for yourself? Have you personally asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and to save you? Have you ever done that? I don't know how Brother John wants to handle the invitation, but I want you to seriously ask that question in your heart today. I cannot think of a sweeter day for someone to come to know Christ than on Christmas morning. Amen? As we all stand to our feet, let me pray for you. Father, once again, we're thankful for this day that you've gifted us, for the time that you've allowed for us to gather in your house today to worship the one and true Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for sending him in the right time Thank you, God, for redeeming us from the law that we could not measure up to. Thank you for adopting us into your family, God. May your name be praised forever, and may you receive glory forevermore. This we ask in Christ's name. Amen. He... He preached the gospel to us of the birth of Jesus Christ and what